0: Right. And, and my work with Caleb to his success is probably like 2% of what he's done. I mean, he's put in work over the years and over the years and over the years. And so he's just, he, he's going to find a way to do it. And that that's something that I really appreciated from Caleb is that it, it wasn't so much about the nutrition. It wasn't so much about the training. Yeah. You know, he was, he was dialed in. He was taking notes when we were going through his report and saying, what did you say about that again? Tell me about that again. What, what do I need to do? But it's, it's that he took every word, applied it, and goes, what's next? Now what? How can I get better? What do I do next? Right? It was just the constant, what what can I do better? What can I do more? Right? And so that's just, just why those people are the way they are. Yes, people like Caleb or Michael Phelps have gifts or, you know, other, I've never worked with Michael, but some of the other clients that I have worked with are, are very high-level athletes. And yes, of course, they have genetic gifts, but- I've seen somebody has actually technically a better report than Caleb does, okay? And so are they as fast as Caleb? No, because they don't have those other things that he does, and that's all mental. It's all, that's just that's just Caleb, and he's just that's why he's so stinking good, is he just, he finds a way to get it done, and he's just not gonna get beat, and it's just so cool. It's just, he taught me a lot, just working with him, and that drive, that motivation, and I just think it was it was an, a neat experience to work with him and just see that level of not an athlete but just of that level of mentality. You know, high level CEO that I, people that I've worked with, high level CEOs, the same mentalities. Caleb, how can I get better? What do I need to do? How can I think better? How can I sleep better? It's the same thing. That's why there's
1: It's a new episode today of all the talk i have the honor and the pleasure to receive the president and owner of baini wellness building uh, it's uh, going to be a conversation about science the science of nutrition that's what i wanted to call it and uh, we're going to talk a little bit We want to talk a little bit about that so i have the honor to receive today erica baini welcome erica
0: thanks greg for having me appreciate it this is awesome
1: I'm very very happy. This is the this, this is the third or fourth take we are doing to start the show. So, uh, so <laughs> thank you, thank you very much for, for your your kind your kind help. Erika, you you were an athlete. I was. Swam, uh, you swam at the in Division Three level, uh, if my research are okay, yeah. and uh, for many years. Then you were a coach for 13 years, um, assistant coach for a few years, and head coach as well in a Division One um university mm-hmm. US. Uh, then you quit your job. We're gonna talk about that as well. To become a nutritionist, you got certification in that uh, and you decided to start a career in uh, how can I say that? Trying to help swimmers at first and people around you? Mm-hmm. And uh, a few years after you, a little bit of time after you start this project, here you are uh, talking with and working with some of the best athletes in the world. So I'm very excited to to uh, have that conversation with you and get uh, the people who are going to watch the show to learn a little bit more about nutrition. So if we have to describe exactly what you are doing, how you say it?
0: Yeah, good question. Sometimes I don't know how to describe it. So that's a good, <laughs> a good question. So, you know, in a few short sentences, this is how I describe when somebody asks at a party says, hey, what do you do? It's kind of like, well, I do a lot of stuff. But the, re- the, the gist of it is I take an athlete's DNA. We help them understand how to perform better, recover better, eat better and supplement better based all on their genetics. That's what we do. Okay, that's where we start, essentially. And that's 95, 90% of what we do, essentially.
1: So is going through the DNA test give you more specific stuff to help the, pe- the people around you, people working with you about nutrition?
0: Right, right. So we're finding out food sensitivities, okay, animal fats, dairy fat, lactose, which is the sugar in dairy. We're learning about carbs, That's a huge word in an athlete's world carbs and what kind of carbs should we eat when should we eat those carbs Mm -hmm. Uh, just in the nutrition food piece of things, then we start diving into supplementation okay and so what supplements are you taking Greg that are working against your body that your DNA doesn't like. Okay, so we learn that, and if we see people taking things unknowingly, they they think they're doing the right thing, they don't know. We get their genetic report, and then we see, Oh my goodness, they should not be taking this multivitamin, they need to take something else because there's a key in there that shows us this is working against their body, and it's super neat. I mean, when people get it out of their body and put to put the right stuff in, it's amazing the difference
1: they feel. Make I mean, it, you make a change, a quick change?
0: Yeah, it's an easy change. It's not hard. It's, an, it's a quick change. And it's, it's pretty impressive how quickly they feel better emotionally, mentally, physically. It's amazing. I mean, just one ingredient. We're talking about one ingredient for one gene. There's other things that come with others, but that can make the world of difference in someone's mental, emotional, and physical health
1: that's huge good, good good so before we get into more like into more details about that i'm very curious about how did you get from a swimming coach career transit to big uh, international nutritionist well known today how did you how did you do that that's a
0: two hour conversation. Okay. That's a long topic. So the long story short is, you know, I was coach, a coach for 13 years. I was a head coach for a part of that. I was an assistant coach for part of that. And eventually I had, you know, I had children and decided I wanted to be around more. I wanted to be a mom. I didn't have, you know, I didn't have an intention essentially of starting a business. I know I was going to do something. Um, but I wanted, I wanted to be home with my kids and I wanted to be able to raise them in some important years of their life. And, and unfortunately in division one swimming at that highest of level where, where we were, it just, it just wasn't a, a, a good fit. Right. i I worked with a great staff, amazing people. There was, there was nothing wrong with the people I worked with or the, or the university I was working for when I left. It just no longer, I could not give the athletes what they needed. I couldn't give my family what they needed. And so I was always frustrated and I was always emotionally, mentally wreck. I was just continuously feeling this inner struggle to be at the pool, to be home, to be at the pool, to be home. And it it just eventually got to be too much. And I said, that's enough. And somebody else can do my job much better than I can and give it way more than I can. And and I need to be with my kids. So Um, I left and I decided that, you know, I was always involved in the nutrition piece with the athletes because I was at the pool because I was accessible. I was planning our meals on the road. I was planning what kind of things and I was helping planning what went into our, what we call fueling stations that we had at the pool that the kids could get snacks after practice. So it was an easy fit. and, And I just had this idea that the people needed help. They needed help understanding how to eat. This was before the DNA thing even came into play, but I just wanted to help people understand how to eat and fuel their bodies the right way. So I had an idea. And I came up with a plan and said, this is what we're going to do. And I created a website and I, and I didn't know how to do that, but I asked some people and they said, do this. So I did that. And then I just put stuff on social media and people said, can you help me? And I said, yes. And anybody that wanted to pay me, I took them. And pretty soon an athlete asked me if I could help her. And I hadn't had a previous relationship with her and said, yeah, we could we can work together. And we, we worked together. We had a, I don't, I think it was around four to six months, probably we worked together, but that's where the DNA piece came in. And so we just felt like we could not nail her nutrition down hundred percent. There was something missing that we could not figure out. Okay. So I said, I heard about this DNA thing. I'll do it with you. Do you want to try it with me? And we asked a few other people that I had coached and friends and said, do you want to do this? It sounds pretty cool. Do you want to everyone goes, sure, that sounds awesome. Yeah, cool. You know, without even knowing what we are getting into.
1: But the DNA okay. world is just calling so much, you know, when people hear that, wow, it's look like it's more science, more deep, more yeah. precise. Like uh, this very, it's a very good selling world, I would say.
0: So it was a neat, neat convers, you know, neat thing to start. And I was gonna learn something about myself, and this athlete was gonna learn something about herself, and that we could maybe get some clues to what we couldn't figure out. So we got her report back from the lab, and there it was. It was right there. We, the thing we couldn't figure out, and we never were going to figure out unless we saw this on the report. And so, you know, we were working together, she told another person, she told another person, she told another, 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 eight people under each other this guy named Caleb Dressel emails me most people have heard of him
1: well. and
0: uh, <laughs> he says I heard you're working with my teammate I want to know more about that and how do I talk to you so we get on zoom and I talk to Caleb and he decides he wants to do this and work together and then it kind of just boom all of a sudden boom
1: yeah
0: right whatever you know if Caleb drinks chocolate milk people are going to drink chocolate milk right It was, um, you know, Caleb had a a great experience to my knowledge. He had a great experience and wrote us a great testimonial that we're allowed to say that we've worked together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Caleb has referred other people to to us and, you know, it's just been great. We've been able to help those high level athletes, those pros that are, you know, the elitist of the elite. And I really enjoy that group of people because of their mindset. Uh, We also get to help younger kids. I have reviews every week of their report with nine-year-olds, 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds. And that's really fun too. That's a fun group to work with their parents and to work with the kids to help them start to understand how to put the right things in their body. So every group is really fun to work with, um, but it's, it's it's really, that's how it happened. We went from swim coach to not having a job to know what we do so long
1: long story short this is this is very this is very impressive and, and from what i read about you you just we work with the kids you work with the athletes but there is normal people uh as well trying yeah. to get better and trying to because you know it's it's everyone try to perform it's not uh just uh, the the and I, this is what i like as well about about your project is OK, you're driven to the performance and you like that and you want to have an effect on the kids and educate the, even the parents, even the parents and the parents uh, make make a difference on that. And normal people, age uh, people who are old, younger with uh, health problem. Um, what was so far the biggest, I would say, of course, working with Kyle Russell was probably amazing for you. I cannot imagine the, 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 uh, the, the drive of that guy and uh, and how precise, and I wanna come back a little bit on that, but um, how, what kind of uh, huge, what is the huge or the biggest, I don't know if you can talk about a specific person, but without naming it, without naming it, the biggest difference that you ever made so far?
0: Wow, that's a big question. There's a lot. I mean, every every person, parent, child I talk to, I feel like we're able to get to that aha moment. Wow whoa, that's why this is going on, or that's why I can't recover. That's why I feel like garbage by Wednesday, or this is the cancer connection in my family, right? So there's, a. I mean, every every person, I hope, and I think they do, walks away going, wow, I just figured out something big. But I would say there was one family that comes to mind he was 11 years old and we did their team as a, as a test. And, you know, we did a, a large group in their team. We did parents, we did coaches, we did kids, we did athletes, their, their siblings. And this particular boy, uh, I think his parents just wanted to know if he was a sprinter, or a distance athlete. I think that's really why they wanted to do it. And in when it comes down to it, I think we were on Zoom for over two hours and this kid has major connections to cancer, uh, intolerance to alcohol. Wow. So we talked about what does that mean socially when they get into college in their early 20s, you know, in their 30s, what, what does that look like? And how how can that impact this child emotionally and mentally, right? We, we saw some of these things. And I think it, this particular family had some really strong connections into breast cancer, oh. colon cancer, and you could just see mom and dad's, you know, the light in the eyes go, oh my gosh. Okay, what do we need to do? <laughs> right, it was, I don't know if we've significant we haven't probably seen the impact but I do believe we've changed that kid's life. We've changed those parents' lives because he was a biological child of both mom and dad. So they have something that he has and that got passed down so they need to make changes as well so that was probably one of the most standout things that i can that comes to mind but every person is it's just so different so unique every conversation is different some people we talk for 20 minutes on their feet some people we talk about recovery and you know some some uncomfortable conversations will for to young boys will come up in conversation right We'll, we'll we'll talk about some bowel movements and we'll talk about things like that and um, those are some strange, strange conversations for a young yeah. a young kid to talk about a, a stranger on zoom but
1: i'm sure i'm sure you, know. you have some good strange conversation as well you know uh, with <laughs> the athlete, and the people you talk to when you talk to christian you have to address all of the stuff you know very strange all of the stuff. <laughs> so so let's go let's dig in that funny little part of the of the talk we will have today what is the weirdest Don't change that you have to talk about. Oh my
0: gosh! Well, we talk about sperm. You know what I talk. So there is some fertility connections to things we do. So, you know, most of my conversations, unless it's a mom or, you know, just a, a call, call us normal yeah. people that aren't athletes anymore, or, you know, never were and talk about, Hey, someday you're going to maybe want to have a family and this is what this means. Right. And so there's a connection to sperm or eggs and so on. So you can see the 11 year old boys turned bright red and <laughs> you know, we don't go too in depth, but I just say, this is, this is why this is important. So someday, you know, know, to your parents desire 30 years from now, you will, you know, maybe think about that and that's something your doctor wants to know. So that's a that's a big one. Um, That's probably the most awkward thing that comes (laughs) up. It's not awkward to me, but other.
1: No, I guess because you are are used to it. You're used to it. And people, all the people are not just just open to talk about that. But let's dig into more training, more swimming. Uh, I heard that you were a sprinter. I love that. I love that I was a sprinter as well. Oh
0: sweet!
1: Uh, I love Sorry. to coach I love to coach uh, sprint, and one of the favorite stuff for a sprinter is the taper. We enjoy the taper so much, and, and I had personally and I see swimmer a lot struggle because when we address that to the athlete, when we are going in the taper phase. Watch out about your food, the the size of it. We're gonna we're gonna spend less energy. Don't eat the same. Uh, we're gonna, you know, you want to keep the program way more balanced. But I was struggling to feel. Uh, I was feeling like I needed to have a little bit more, or I didn't know exactly what to eat to fuel to fuel my my body with good energy. And my athletes, and a lot of swimmers I know are going to the same. Kind of process so have you ever exper- have you did you ever experience something or uh, talk about address that part of the training with some coaches or swimmers
0: oh yeah definitely i mean with taper there's some pretty strong connections in the in the dna piece that we see so we can see how well you're going to hold on to muscle mass once you leave the weight room so we see kids dive out of the weight room three to four to five weeks before their big meet They're losing muscle mass. And how, what should we do instead? Right. That's always thing. I want to provide a solution. So think about this, talk to your coach about this, come up with a plan. Okay. Maybe it's not what I tell you, but maybe it kind of correlates maybe a little bit, but now you know. Okay. We can see food wise what they really need to limit six weeks out. Okay. I'll always tell them, Hey, I'm going to be realistic with you because I'm going to eat Oreos. I'm going to drink wine. And I did in college. And that's okay. But six weeks out, we see these things that you're putting in your body occasionally aren't working for you. Okay. So why are we going to put anything in that body within six weeks? That's actually working against you during training. Yeah. Sometimes we're going to, cause we're human and that's life. Six weeks is the, is that window. We do not treat our body bad within six weeks. Okay. Once the meat's over, go ahead and go do your ice cream, M&Ms, Oreo Sunday. That's great. Go do it. Okay. But we got to be really good. So we kind of know, and dairy is one that comes up. Hey, within taper, within six weeks, dairy's got to go. Okay. Dairy has to go. And so no more cheese on the salad, no more cheese for a snack. You might be doing that in season and it's, it's fine, but within six weeks, that's got to go. So we definitely talk about those pieces. Or when it comes to training, we can actually see, Hey, you're probably that kid that needs to do the workout and then stay and do like five to 10, 100s on short course yards, 120, 115, just kind of moderate to keep your endurance base, because we see if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. So that's going to help you stay and keep your aerobic up. If you're going to swim a hundred, a 200, especially if we're talking about a sprinter.
1: So for the coaches who are really working with you and are connected with you, you are assisting them to, to drive their program the better way.
0: And we don't, I actually don't work with that many coaches. Uh, I really put that on the athlete and go, if, and if they wanna share their report with the coach and the coach wants to connect with me and say, hey, can you explain this a little bit more just so I understand, I'm, I'm happy to do that. But I really try to empower the athlete to go, right. go to your coach, okay, here's what you see I don't coach you. I don't see you every day. I see your report in our meetings that we have, you know, our multiple meetings. That's it. Your coach knows you best. Okay. So talk to them, show them the report, show them what, you know, if you want me to record this, I will. And then they can see this too, or they want to give me a call. Awesome. That's great. But I'm not your coach. I'm not going to tell you how to train your coach needs to take the info, digest it, and then do what they're going to do with it. That's it.
1: You, you want them to be to take responsibility for what they do and it's a better way for them to to uh, follow that uh that um, that path in yeah. in you know what we, we had the talk uh off uh, of before and i wanted to address that i had issues with i have issues with addressing a lot of athletes come to me and ask me like what should we eat what should we do which and i'm not a nutritionist so uh, I can help, I can share some of the stuff that I did, worked for me, but I never did any DNA uh, tests and it was just uh, intuition and a good connection to every stuff that I put in. I, I used to feel the effect of it and listen to my body very, very, very carefully. But I always been disturbed as a coach to, to you know, uh, give uh, huge advice of uh, you should do this, you should do that. And I never really understand why, until I finally discover your uh, what you, what we are doing in the DNA, who became so specific and food and nutrition is like uh, training. When you are at uh, at, at a certain level, it has to be specific. It has to be well, 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 well-targeted. And I f- I see uh, 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 your the business that you are doing. I don't know if there is many like you in the world right now, but. Uh, it's probably the next thing in nutrition because this is becoming so specific and so direct. And what you said is that the effect are like you probably feel that you sleep better, that you recover better, uh, uh, like like you are not full with the same quantity as usual as usual as well. I mean because you have the right uh, right uh, ingredients. Can you? talk to me about a little bit more about about that Mm -hmm. uh,
0: yeah yeah so I think as a coach and and correct me if I'm wrong because I I was a coach too and nutrition was one of those things that we needed to address with almost everybody at some point yeah but we were too scared or didn't know Mm -hmm. and I think especially at the college level and even at the club level legally I don't I don't know if you know we're really in a place because what if what if you say the wrong thing somebody takes that too far mm-hmm. and then as a coach you're kind of liable for what you said to that athlete it's kind of scary to even touch nutrition yeah it is as a coach you're their coach you shouldn't have to be their therapist their nutritionist their coach their surrogate parent for however many hours out of the week, right? Their travel agent Mm -hmm. that you shouldn't have to be all of those things. So I think it's scary personally, as a coach, if you are giving some of that advice Um, to me as a, as a coach, it honestly kind of was in some ways because I I knew what I was talking about, but yet you just never knew what kid was going to take it too far or hear the wrong thing, right? You, You say something and they hear, the opposite or they hear way more in depth of what what you're talking about, right? They, that's just scary. And you just well, got to protect yourself legally and, and, and the club so you don't do anything wrong, right? Unintentionally. Never, we're probably not doing anything intentionally but unintentionally i think it's scary as a coach so do you feel that greg as a, as a coach do you feel sort of that yeah <laughs> it's it's it's, uh,
1: it's it's scary because you never know and you're not sure that it's gonna suit to everyone like uh, i asked them you know like basic advice basic advice about uh either hydration uh uh time of sleeping to recover the to, to recover uh, recover as 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 much as they can. Uh, since COVID start, I even uh, recommend even more uh, v- vitamin D and and C and you know, of course there is some mineral that they can give, but do we need? Does he need? Does she need more of this? More of that? I'm not I'm not specialized. I knew what I needed. I knew the effect on it, but it's scary because you're not like in, like in everything, and sometimes you don't have much of a choice because they are that they are the only one that can talk to, they can address to. Uh, uh, I don't feel like I'm a psychologist. I'm not I'm not certified in that, but sometimes because it's it is what it is and because we spend so much time with them, we don't do psychology, but we talk so much and the condition the, the connection is getting better and stuff and the, the the limit is very thin. So it can be it can be scary, especially today. Especially today where things are changing and you have to be even more careful about everything. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a bit it's a bit uh, disturbing, and that's an area now where I learned to send people to the specialized, like the more professional guy when it's too much. Like okay, uh, this I can answer. Uh, the biggest struggle for me as a man when, when there is a, a girl who come to me and they know they gain weight and they know they are not in the best shape. I trying to I made a couple of mistakes, that for sure, and I'm trying to not avoid uh, to I'm trying to avoid it, uh, now but uh, uh, what I'm trying to tell them is uh, I don't mind you taking weight. Uh, if you feel good, you're good, but you've, you have to be aware that to swim in that shape, you're going to have to be stronger. You're going to have to work better on this, better on that. I don't think it's, it's a, it will be the best, easiest way to go, but this is where we are. Uh, when they struggle and they dread that struggle, I'm trying to send them to specialise People are people who are swimmers, even who had experience on that and trying to exchange with them, try to make them better, but it's very touchy. Very, 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 very touchy. It's
0: hard. It's the weight, the weight thing is hard. And I think so many women, in my experience at least, even at the pro level, I mean, they're even more aware. That's probably where the weight conversation comes in the most, is at the Mm -hmm. pro level. Mm -hmm. And they the women have this idea. That when they swam their one of their best times at age 16 and they weighed 135 pounds, that's what they need to weigh to go best time again. And that's, you know, that's something I'd really try to steer them away from that mindset, because what you are at 16 and what how what makes you swim fast at 16 is completely different than a 24-year-old woman. Okay. Throw away the number on the scale. This doesn't matter. If you feel good, you're healthy, you're strong, you're training well, and you're happy, things are going to work out, <laughs> right? We don't care about the number on the scale. Okay, if your clothes fit well, you feel good, you're training fast, those are all good signs. So. I'm
1: very happy about what you're saying. those who are going to like. Uh, there is a lot of people are going to like what you're saying because most of, I'm not going to say most of them, but lots of even boys think that when they pass or change or transform the body, because this is natural, this is life, right? right. Uh, evolution. Uh, I'm not the same that I was when that than when I was uh, 20 or 15 or 30. No. But there is still stuff where you can perform at the highest level if you do the right stuff. And we don't hear, we don't hear enough about that from the general life social conf, uh, conversation that that uh, that we have so it's good that you are it's amazing that you are addressing that and uh, I, I wanted to know i wanted to know uh how many i would say and did you you work in you work as a head coach with the men's team right yeah, yeah. yeah. are I you able, to- were you able to provide uh at this stage of your career as a coach good advice to some Men who are struggling into that process of nutrition or weight, We did you struggle as well with it? Like I did, like I'm doing, or like I did, or
0: uh, you know I think it, it the, the everything has changed so much. I think in the last five to ten years, what you can say as a coach has completely changed, and yeah. so you know, I, I I made mistakes. I was a head coach of a men's and a women's team at age 26. I I was very young. And so some of those kids were, I mean, I literally almost could have swam with them. Like they could have been my teammates. Some of them were like older than my, my sibling. Right. So we, we, it was a very unique relationship to be their head coach. And so I think with the, and, and I was a head coach in what was I 2008 to th- 2010. So it's, again, it's a different, it was a different era and it's not that long ago, but things were very different back then. I mean, not that this is right, but you know, I, I could say something to a guy like, Hey, where did your abs go? And I said it, I mean, that's wrong or right. I, I had said it back then to them. Right. And so I think that the conversation is if you, you cannot say that now you would, you get fired. For sure, if you
1: You say that in the us, you, you can get sued for that.
0: Oh, totally. I mean, you would, you could definitely, if, if that child, if that swimmer, that student athlete took offense to that and went to the administration, you could definitely easily get fired by that. So, I mean, I I don't, maybe that was a wrong thing of me to say back then. Um, Even, even Mm -hmm. so, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was more accepted, but it was probably not the appropriate thing to say. I was young and I definitely made mistakes. We all have, Uh, but you could, you could say those things and now you definitely, you can I mean, even 30 years ago, look what coaches said to, to kids. It's just different. I mean, Bobby Knight was throwing chairs at people. Nobody got yeah. anything, right? It's just, it's a different conversation. So I always personally thought I was a better men's coach than a women's coach. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, with the women, I always enjoyed the women that had more of that. I hate to be stereotypical, but male mentality of mm-hmm. just No drama. Let me swim fast. I want to beat you. That's it. The drama. Are you saying
1: saying that there is more drama with women? Oh, totally.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Right. And I coached plenty of women that had that mentality like, I just want to be great. I will do whatever it takes. I just want to, you know, I will get up and race. And that those are the kids I enjoyed. The women I enjoyed coaching for sure the, a lot. Um, but I always thought I was a better men's coach for some reason. there's just something in me that probably was better with the men than, than the women. so it was
1: I never struggled. With it, is, it is probably easier in your position and I see it like as a woman to talk with men or women about physical condition. I think it's yeah. easier for you. Than right. for a male, male coach yeah. to talk to to address that uh, your yeah. mistake will be forgive way better way more that uh, a mistake that a male would make a male would do without bad intention you know uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's a uh, it's a very 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 touchy subject and I and I really really listen to the advice from the, the oldest coach I have around me who are now telling me as soon as you have mm, you feel it's a gray area specialist it's not your it's not your uh, it's not your problem you should not take responsibility for that because sometimes we feel that we have to you know we yeah. are we want to protect them we want them to feel good it's it's uh, it's a sin very very uh, very sin limit you know and it I is and, but the but,
0: problem too is that you know that athlete so much better than anybody else other yeah. than parents yeah. you know them you know, better than anybody other than the parent. And so you, you, you kind of have a little bit of, of, I don't know, um, you know, skin in the game too, when it comes to them, because how, how can somebody else that doesn't even know this person come in and, and try to help them? And so there's, there's just really no quote nutrition specialists out there other than us. And maybe, maybe there is others that I'm just not aware of that work with swimmers specifically. Like swimming is 95% of what we do. Swimming parents, swimming athletes, swimming coaches. Mm-hmm. I, we have some other sports as well, but most of it is swimming. And so we get their sport. I swam. I went to morning practice. We, we get it. And so if you just send your athlete that has some concerns when it comes to nutrition and recovery and performance to the local dietitian nutritionist, how are they going to get our sport? How are they going to understand the demands of what we do emotionally, mentally, yeah. physically? It's just, they don't get it. If they didn't live this sport, you can't understand it. Cause it is so strange. <laughs> it's for lack of better words. It is a weird yeah. sport. So yeah. I get that, that hesitation to send them off to somebody else and try to problem solve it yourself. I, I was the same way as a coach. I didn't want somebody, I didn't know working with the athlete I recruited and invested five hours a day plus in this kid i want to try to solve the problem mm-hmm. oh, i get that i get where you're coming from
1: we have to be we have to be taught and teach way more to do that and and when it's not your, your area let's just pass on to the specialized people like uh, like even you in your, in your in your back in the day in university you had around you in your team the psychologist uh uh, uh wait. Uh, Weight uh, director for your program. You had a physio. Uh, you have a different tool that you want to use, but in some area we didn't. Well, we are not like. Uh, not don't, it's not a question of not having the right support, but we don't have the we don't have the same the, um, the same attitude to use those tools, the uh, facility to use those tools the same way. And yes. it's become it's become more and more uh, more and more like that. I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about an expression, will really disturb me. Uh, uh i'm not gonna say disturbing. i'm not gonna bring huge bad topic it's it's a, a, a english term called freak of nature and yeah. i don't like i hate that term I do too, because, I like it. because there is no freak there is people who has huge potential um, who are uh, physically uh, different of course but build like they are because this is what Genetically, they, they received, but then the way they develop and the way they become that's quote unquote freak. Mm-hmm. It's not just about training and looking at LeBron James, looking at uh, what is his name, and I love, I watched a crazy football game like a week ago uh, Tom Brady, looking at uh, Caleb Drussell. Um, I know very well, Brett, that you had a talk as well. Brett who was a former coach of uh, of uh, Bruno Fratius. Uh, this guy, is, I don't know how many times under 22. Uh, he's not that uh, tall, but phew, wow. Uh, physically, is pretty well conserved with really good shape. And you could see that all those people who are achieving something, they do, they must do something out of their training who make them become what they are and yeah. what is beautiful now they open up and try to they open up a little bit and try to share a little bit more about what they are doing and stuff when you hear that Lebron James spend I don't know how many million a year for his body like Cristiano Ronaldo uh, he is like uh, there's a joke about cristiano ronaldo that that, uh, that some uh, uh soccer player used to say if cristiano ronaldo invites you to a restaurant don't go because you're not <laughs> <laughs> you're not, you not gonna eat, gonna eat that, i'll right?
0: go i'll go That's fine. <laughs> i can I can hang with whatever food they're gonna eat so That's
1: no good. yes but you know it's like it's like you see those guy spending and investing so much in what they eat like yeah. i I, we feel that more and more athletes start to take ownership and understand that this could make a difference as much as training hard, being disciplined, doing whatever you can to perform, uh, the mental aspect count, the training aspect count, the, the weight train, uh, program aspect count, but above everything, I would say that recovery, uh, ability to repeat those, uh, those efforts every day, at a good intensity, to be able to perform in whatever condition, the ultimate key is to take care of your body. And yeah. nutrition is a, part, a huge part of that. Nutrition can affect your your uh, your mood. Nutrition can affect your sleep. It's not, I'm not. I'm not gonna teach that to you, but let's talk about those guys. And you work with some of those freak, um, like, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. so what is a huge, what is uh, a can kind of does? more than a lot of other athletes
0: yeah i hate that freak of nature term too it's it's not true there's they do have genetic gifts i'll, I'll tell people almost everybody has won the genetic lottery in some way or form that i see right there's some things in their report that are a gift right They everybody's got gifts right and and someone like Caleb, I've never worked with Lebon, LeBron James or Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. I'm a Packers fan. So, I mean, those guys would be, uh, you know, ideal to work with someday. But, you know, Caleb, does, he, he doesn't have a perfect genetic report. Nobody does, right? Caleb also had things come back that, that we had a lot of discussion on and uh, things to change, things to improve, thinking mindset-wise how to switch different things in his day or, or when to eat more or less, or what products to eat, right? If we need a lot of calories after practice, you know, a, a Quaker Oats chewy bar isn't going to do it, right? What, what is out there that's good, that's convenient, that's healthy. So we'll sit on Zoom and we'll pull stuff up. And this is what I want you to order. And this is what I want you to try. or this, These are some things you can go towards that you can even buy at your grocery store. So those guys, you know, I can't speak for the other ones, but I can speak of just my, my work with Caleb is that, you know, Caleb is one of those people that, will do whatever it takes, right? And, and my work with Caleb to his success is probably like 2% of what he's done. I mean, he's put in work over the years and over the years and over the years. And so he's just, he, he's gonna find a way to do it. And that's something that I really appreciated from Caleb is that it it wasn't so much about the nutrition. It wasn't so much about the training. Yeah, he was, he was dialed in. He was taking notes when we were going through his report and saying, what did you say about that again? Tell me about that again. What, What do I need to do? But it's, it's that he took every word, applied it and goes, what's next? Now, what?" how can I get better? What do I do next? Right. It was just the constant. What, what can I do better? What can I do more? Right. And so that's just, just why those people are the way they are. Yes. People like Caleb or Michael Phelps have gifts or, you know, other, I've never worked with Michael, but some of the other clients that I have worked with are are very high level athletes. And yes, of course they have genetic gifts, but I've seen somebody has actually technically a better report than Caleb does. Okay. And so, are they as fast as Caleb? No, because they don't have those other things that he does. And that's all mental. It's all, that's just, that's just Caleb. And he's just, that's why he's so stinking good is he just, he finds a way to get it done and he's just not going to get beat. And it's just so cool. It's just, he taught me a lot, just working with him and that drive, that motivation and I just think it was, it was an, a neat experience to work with him and just see that level of not an athlete, but just of that level of mentality, you know, high level CEO that I, people that I've worked with high level CEOs, the same mentalities, Caleb, how can I get better? What do I need to do? How can I think better? How can I sleep better? It's the same thing. That's why they're super successful, right? They're super successful because of that. It's the mentality of it.
1: Yeah, driven, driven, driven. Like, yeah, that's like, it. Yeah. you know they,
0: they're nobody's perfect genetically of course he's got some genetic gifts physically and you know training wise but every everything he's got the kids worked for he's worked hard he's just a normal kid wow. <laughs> he's he's worked wow. insanely hard and that's just what's so cool
1: he's so just... it's, it's always good to hear that even from like people outside of the specific training that's the mental the psychology of the sport it still and make the huge huge difference
0: it is it is and it's just they're treating their bodies insanely well and i talked to when i talked to women i said there's a there's a breaking point where what you do in the water versus what you do out of the water is going to be equally important and then it's going to flip and for a woman that's typically around 19 and 20 years old up to 19 and 20 what you do in the water is probably more important than what you do out of the water, but when you get to that point, if you want to keep improving and fight nature as a woman, you have to do, be outside of the water, and that's almost more important, if not more important, than what you do in the water. It is. I mean, look at Natalie Coughlin. Look how well she swam into her thirties, yeah. because she's incredible at recovery, at nutrition, and she's very outspoken on those things. It's just. As a woman, you you don't get a whole lot of time to just pound it in the water and let everything eat pizza every day. As, as a male, I think that threshold becomes a little later in life. You know, around that probably 26, 25 range, it kind of flips. Mm-hmm. You get a few more years as a guy, but as a woman, you you gotta fight nature so early in life. And
1: you can, and you still can perform at the at the highest level if you adjust the right way.
0: Yeah. It's you can and you can do it. You just you have to be insanely good at what you do, and that's where fine-tuning what you're eating, what you're supplementing with, with vitamins, or even if it's performance type of supplements, what you're doing there is is so important, I mean. So, just-
1: so being being that specific today and being a little bit more of a normal nutrition before, uh, what would you not address that you were addressing? back in the days when you start off, when you started and before you discover DNA, you know, uh, it's, you, have to some, yeah, you have to have some stuff that you would use to address, or yeah. like our nutrition nutritionists will address.
0: Yeah. yeah. Totally
1: that you would totally avoid today.
0: Yeah, I would, one of the biggest things is, uh, I would encourage people to take a multivitamin, right? So I would say, you know, you, nobody eats perfect, right? No, but nobody does. We don't know you need perfect multivitamin will fill those gaps of nutrition, which I still believe that. But now knowing what I know, right? There's different, there's a lot of things in a multivitamin that are working against certain people. And there's one specific gene that's going to tell us what kind of ingredients you need to avoid in vitamins. And so uh, right now about 70 to 75% of the women I test need to avoid certain ingredients and vitamins so they're ingesting the completely wrong stuff because they're just typically taking any old multivitamin off the shelf and they have no idea it's about 50 percent of men that have this and so they're they're doing the wrong thing as a coach we actually bought liquid multivitamins on the pool deck everybody came in and and did it i mean now it goes, oh my goodness, we should not have done that <laughs> now, knowing what I know about nutrition and food and, and what works against people's bodies,
1: you know, that's... Do you have this discussion with colleagues and nutritionists talking with you, addressing and you? how did you receive that? You coming in and being even more specific than what they do?
0: So I don't work, yeah, it's a great question. It's, it's a loaded question. Uh, with, with the universities, we don't really work with teams very much okay and mm-hmm. as a large group and part of that is politics because the large universities in the u.s hire people like there are people on staff there to to work with the athletes that are hired that are paid benefits that are paid retirement right they're on staff and so they the university doesn't want to hire somebody outside of these people they, we, we've hired all these people and pay them why do we need to spend money to work with somebody outside that doesn't make any sense. So how the university and college athletes work with me is they come to me independently from Instagram is a really honestly a big source from podcasts from finding my website from referrals are the biggest source of clients we have right now. You know we get one person from a team there's a Particular team in the big 10 right now, we, we've had one person and now I think we're back, we're up to like five or six from that team. Uh, so it's just referral, 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 referral. Yeah. Uh, but with clubs, you know, we actually do club, club testing where we do discounts for large groups of, of people with its parents, athletes, and we, we test everybody associated with the athlete because anybody around that person is going to help them get healthier. So if they're if mom and dad are thinking about their health more and what they put in their body, the kid's going to as well. So we want to help everyone around that athlete become healthier and protect their bubble of people with this knowledge, right? So it's, it's definitely hard with, with university uh, teams, if they're a larger university, smaller universities typically don't even have somebody on staff. So they're more willing to work with Mm -hmm. somebody outside of the university, but, you know, I don't even work with the dietitians nutritionists on staff because it's just me and the athlete and I say if you, if you want to take this to your nutritionist dietitian on campus feel free go ahead you know this is medical personal data you can you can share that with anybody you want and they can help you even more but if you want to just work with me that's fine too <laughs> it's it's kind of their choice
1: so you you I was asking you off if you are a lot of people doing what you are doing do you know people in the US doing what we are doing today with DNA no,
0: no, no. I, I know there's other DNA companies out there. So some of the ones that you've probably heard of, like Ancestry.com, yeah. 23andMe, right? And so those are technically DNA companies that tell you something about your health. Now, the problem with those is, one, they're not HIPAA protected, which means they can sell your data and they tell you right away they're going to sell your data. Uh, they are not science or research backed either. So there's no science behind these things. The one that we use, this particular DNA test, Mm -hmm. actually has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of of research studies that back the data. So that's why we use the one we have. It's HIPAA safe, it's protected, and it's research-backed. There's none other in the world to my knowledge, at least. So we are honestly, the, the I think the only people doing this to the specific sport performance level, to my knowledge, there might be other people, I don't know. But to my knowledge, I think hopefully nobody gets the idea to go start their own now. But <laughs> I think I think we are. And I think we're so unique because we really gear towards athletes and swimmers specifically. And because we all were, we all were swimmers. Mm-hmm. Everyone on our staff was a swimmer, or is still a swimmer at the at the high level. So we we get it. We get the sport.
1: Yeah, I'm sure people come to you and they feel even more comfortable because you are a coach and you know what you know what they feel and you can describe it very 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 well. Uh, what what would be like the recovery gap that most of the time and how you would evaluate that with your with your athletes uh, that they improve you know from before you and after you. Yeah. To me, this is the, the, the biggest, prob- the biggest uh, challenge for a coach. This morning, for example, we did uh, uh, with two swimmers, mid distance swimmer, Catherine Savard, and, and a distance swimmer, and then I have a, a 6K workout, but it was a very low intensity workout. Uh, heart rate went above 24, probably just 400 or 300 meters in this workout. Uh, for the rest of the time, it was very low, but it's always a challenge to do. It's always a challenge to write down those workouts and take the time, and slow. and you have to watch other stuff than being focused on the stopwatch or the physi- physiologically, physi- physiological aspect of the performance with skills that you can work on, the weather relaxing, focus on breathing. There is so much stuff that you can work on as well on the side, but I'm always happy to go through this workout, but it's very, 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 very challenging. And we do this workout for them to recover. But outside of that, how is your nutrition program and the nutrition DNA test could affect the recovery?
0: Yeah, that's actually one of the genes we test is the recovery gene. So I was going to ask you, Greg, what you guys do for recovery, right? Is there do you guys have recovery days? Is that something? That
1: you guys have what I, I put in my season plan and and this is something i'm very proud of i have like six to nine transition week in my plan let's say you have 48 weeks of training there is six to nine transition week where i'm gonna cut probably three three transition week totally off during this during the season when i say weeks more of five days or four days off 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 and for the other one, one there are moments where i'm going to Go down in the volume a lot, and the intensity is still going to be weak. We are going to refresh the mind, uh, have more fun, uh, talk a little bit more, uh, um, work a little bit on the video aspect, do more skills, you know. And, and it's very refreshing as well because I feel that, and this is one of the lessons of COVID 19. I hope it's going to help even more coaches to go that, that way. Is we, I'm not sure that we need to do that much. And honestly, and and you are thirty nine years old, and and you swam until what age? Until what age did you swim?
0: I started swimming at fourteen, so 22. I was very late in life. When when
1: think... did you quit? When did you quit?
0: Uh, twenty
1: two. Twenty two. Twenty two. So so if, if we look at the generation before us and the generation the generation of swimmer even before you, they mm-hmm. were hammered. They were swimming like crazy, yeah. and they were, they were they didn't have. Uh, four, three, five different program to train. They just add one, and if you were a sprinter, you would swim ten k like every <laughs> in the in the workout, and you will feed You will rest two weeks or one week a year, and suddenly you could feel the energy, and you could swim. But <laughs> yep. imagine back in the days how and the way they used to eat, and you know how rough and how rushed it, is, it was on their on their body. So. How is that recovery big and how can you measure the percentage of improvement you got from that?
0: So some of the athletes have whoop watches, the recovery watches. There's I've seen some data actually that some of the people that have this major gene mutation in their vitamin deficiencies, when they make the switch to get one ingredient out of their vitamins and their food, because you'll find it in foods, it's not that hard to switch. And they start putting the real stuff in their body, no longer the synthetic. i have seen recovery up to 25 and 20% better every day. Wow. Can you imagine if you recovered even like 5% better every day? I feel like I would have been a whole new person. It was just 25.
1: like... Twenty five is twenty five is huge huge, huge,
0: huge. And that just shows. I mean, I, I talk about that. That's that just shows how important what you put in your body impacts your recovery, your sleep, your emotional and mental health. Everything you already said, right? It's it's so important. That is one ingredient. That's just one ingredient. Nothing else really changed. One ingredient, and if we do the other things that come in the recovery gene is important. I just uh, saw that I am a slow recoverer, which was absolutely no surprise to me when I saw that I, you know, sent that to my college coach, Said, <laughs> said, see, I knew I recovered slow. And so yeah, we talk about that one for quite some time with everybody, right? What does this mean? Hydration wise, how much liquid should you actually be drinking every day? How do you tolerate heat and humidity? Do you dehydrate more quicker or more quickly than other people, Mm -hmm. right? We talk about how to flush lactic acid. I hold on to lactic acid in my body for a long time and I have to force it out. I feel you <laughs> and just, it's awful. It's awful. It was horrible. Now looking back, I, I understand it. Now I can talk to these poor humans that also have this gene with me. We can discuss how horrible it is to feel that way. And so just knowing, giving them the tools, giving these athletes the ex- kind of an exact plan of this is what I want you to do when you get down with your race. You get done with the 500 free or the 200 butterfly, 100 freestyle, and you got to go to the cool down pool. And this is this is your routine. This is what will help you get rid of that lactic acid so you can swim fast in finals or you can swim fast three days later. If you don't do these things, that's going to impact you pretty hard, maybe not at 12, but at 18, 22, you're going to feel that hard. Mm -hmm. That's going to be bad. So we can give them the tools recovery wise. Um, one of the most recent athletes I talked to, she was at an ISL in, in Italy and she, she's a sprint gene and she recovers slow. So I said, when, you know, when you do recovery workouts in the water, do you also go lift that day? She was, Yeah. That's not recovery. When you're a sprint gene and you recover slow, there's no way that's recovery. That's actually worse than just a hard threshold set on your body genetically. So it's kind of made me rethink, you know, when I started to learn about this as a coach, I totally made that mistake. You know, we almost every spot we had recovery day in the pool, we had fun, we play a game, they social kick and then they go to the weight room for an hour and pound it out. Those sprint gene kids were shot. That was not a recovery day. So we've I've learned a lot since Absolutely.
1: the recovery world is like has to be more respect I think way more and more and I and I, I, it's a big challenge for me in my program like try to adjust that all the time and make uh, aerobic easy work easy mm-hmm. and some of the swimmers are going to listen to what I say right now when they say oh no, no 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 it's still hard it's, it's still hard, hard. <laughs> it's still it's, it's still not easy no but I think that's the major key of success uh, in your in your uh, in your training program do you miss a little bit of coaching no not at all no
0: no not at all. no no i don't not at all um, i think it's just the coaching that we do at the university level here is is so much so much of our work is not even coaching anymore right Which we, we have to recruit so much. We recruit juniors and seniors and sophomores and we recruit so much that by the time I would show up to two thirty practice, I'm shot. I'm just done. I'm, t- I'm tired. I'm ready to go home. And that's when you're supposed to be at your best, right? Is now you now your real job should start and you're shot. There's just so much other stuff. And then, you know, if, if swimming isn't your life and you have other things going on, like you have kids or family or, you know, other things, that all takes away your emotional and mental energy too. And so it's just, no, I don't, I don't miss it because the schedule just drove me away completely. It wasn't that I disliked coaching that I disliked the athletes. It's just the schedule that completely drove me away. And now I actually still coach but I get to do it from my home in a chair. That's pretty comfy. Um, I get to, you know, work with some pretty cool people all over the world. Everybody that everybody's very different and and everybody that comes to see me is pretty happy. They're pretty, you know, nobody's been mad and doesn't want to be there. They're pretty excited to learn about what they want to do. I and mean, some of those athletes occasionally didn't, they didn't really want to be in the pool. They were there because you were paying them to be in the pool or mom and dad were making them be in the pool. Yeah. Everybody that comes to me is really happy. And we have really great conversations
1: Conversations and have fun, and so, so it's yeah, dealing with the good side of it. Yeah, You're not dealing with the good side of it. Did you yeah. was it a hard decision to make to like, or did you take a long time to say that okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit because I'm not gonna lie to you. Like the 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 last two years, the COVID situation as a coach, I'm sure a lot of coaches are going to agree with what I say. Like make us make us realize that wow, we don't live for ourselves enough. Yep. Yeah. Like uh, the first three months I spent when we just COVID hit us, I was so happy. <laughs> I would have been as a
0: coach too. I would have
1: been a finally I just. I, I was sleep. happy because it wasn't even like sleep was to me the biggest frustration in that COVID because I realized it took me six months to start to open my eyes after six early or seven because we are programmed yep. for that, you know? Yep. So it's so much in our DNA now. Like, uh, <laughs> we, like you know, we we wake up. I woke up when I, I have a, I have a workout at six. I'm up at four or even before, and I'm at, I'm in the pool yep. at four forty five, four fifty because I want to be ready for the for the session, right? Even if it started at six. So you you program your body and your mind to mm. get up and get up and get up and get up, and it's it's. Wow it's uh it took me a while to start to sleep normally and still i'm I'm, I'm struggling uh, I should probably uh, do a dna test and and do something do something with you as well but the the side the good side of it was that I was able to enjoy my my kids you yeah know, spend more time with them uh, uh, be more available be, be as well in a better mood you know mm-hmm. and I'm and a lot of coaches today here in Quebec in Canada quit the job, or yeah. took assistant position, or took downside position to have less responsibility and being okay to lose a little bit of money and enjoy a little bit more of life. Uh, uh, did you did you uh, did you went through the the, the same? That it was was it hard for you to like accept say okay this is what it I'm gonna take more time because we are in love with the people, we are in love with swimming. Like yeah. I'm sure when you watch swimming or when you are on the pool deck for different occasions, I'm sure that you you could have easily have goosebumps or uh, just watching the athletes or what they are doing. I'm sure you have fun watching watching that. So how was it for you to, because I asked you that like in an off, off conversation and you told me that uh, something like trigger you to push you to push you to to that side of it. But if you wanted to share that a little bit more with us, because I'm sure that a lot of coaches are leaving that and for some reason they are, just sad, you know. Uh, being honest about what you are living—it's uh, a strength. I really, really enjoy talking, doing the podcast with Brett. He uh, was almost one of one of the first podcasts I was doing, and he, he was talking about how how destroyed it was, how burned it was by by because he was consuming himself to being available there, being available there, doing this. The pressure from from the university, and he was a young coach as as you as well as you were you had probably three or four years of experience and boom he was the head coach of auburn and of course at the beginning it's overwhelming and i'm not going to lie to you today i'm in that position i'm the head coach of my club it's been 12 years and i haven't been the head coach and and i want to do well and i want to preserve my health and i want to do sleep well and take time to to, to have to take time to uh, to be in shape and enjoy time with my kids and stuff you know but um right now and this week was probably the hardest week I had since I have been in the position. I was so busy every night, it doesn't stop if I want to, you know you know what it is. You have email, phone, uh, workout, and, you, and the, higher, the highest level of your athletes are, the more, the more demanding is the mission, and more specific is the mission, so you're giving a little bit more, and it's easy, and I trying to watch myself. I okay, take time for yourself take time for yourself because if you feel good you're gonna be good if you don't feel good that good you're not gonna coach coach April so that was it the same for you but that that kind of bring you to the end
0: yeah you you're kind of describing a whole lot of feeling there that I felt yeah it's so really you know, I I I always had the goal to be well I should backtrack I'm the kind of personality, maybe you're like this, Greg, too. I think a lot of athletes and especially coaches are, is I don't know how to do anything at 85%. Okay. <laughs>
1: it's
0: a thousand percent or no percent. If I'm going to do it, it's going to, we're going to be the best. We're going to win. We're going to do, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to be the best. Um, or I'm not doing it. I don't, I don't want to do this if we're not going to be the best. <laughs> and that's that, I don't know. Are you like that too? Or,
1: of course, course I love that. Like this is, I think that the, 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 the paradoxal situation in our work, you know, you want to go there and you want to invest so much sometimes, but the cost of it. The cost.
0: Yep. Emotionally, mentally, physically, it's, it's not worth it. So that was my big struggle when it came to coaching is that I wanted to invest everything in coaching. And then I wanted to invest everything in my family. And then I wanted to invest everything in coaching. And it was five to six different times a day. I'm adjusting this. I got to be here all here. And then I got to be all here. And, you know, it's I, like I said, I don't know how to do anything at 85%. It's a thousand percent or nothing. And that gets me into trouble a lot because I just put the blinders on and go. And I've actually gotten really good at not being like that since I left coaching, I I definitely have become way better. And yeah, as you mentioned, there was an event that sort of triggered the thought to walk away from coaching. It didn't, it wasn't so much the, okay, now's the time I'm going to pull a trigger. Cause it didn't take me, it took, uh, what did it take me January of 18? And I left in October of 18. So what is that? Nine months. So nine months later. So in January of 18, I was pregnant with our third child. And then I had a stillbirth. So stillbirth, for people that you know don't know, it's you know, when you birth a child that's not living. And that was pretty traumatic. Wow. Uh, that was pretty, pretty tough. And I was working uh, at Purdue and with John Klingy as the head coach. He's still there with the women. And he, you know, he gave us gracious and wonderful. And he gave me, he just said, Erica, whatever time you need, you just take. Okay. If you don't want to come to Big Ten championships, you don't want to go to NCAAs, whatever you need, you just do. Okay. So I said, I'm going to take two weeks, John. And then I plan on coming back. And I remember that it was a Wednesday morning and I was supposed to come back that day. And I called John crying and said, I I can't do it. I just can't come back yet. He goes, it's okay. You You do what you need to do. We're fine here. You don't worry about us. Okay. We're, we're fine. And so I think I took about another week or something off, but that just was kind of like a COVID trigger almost for what a lot of people are going through now. Like the realization of life is short. There's more to life running the rat race. It wasn't more to life than coaching. It's more to life than living that schedule, living that way, constantly in rush and angst and anxiety over, I got to get my kids from daycare at five o'clock, or I'm going to get charged 25 extra dollars. And, or, you know, constantly living like that, that forced me to look at life and go, what are we doing? (laughs) this for, for what? Right. And so, you know, like we have two kids and maybe we'll have more. I don't know, but I want to be able to enjoy the time that I have with the kids and be able to be their mom and not be this coach who's also their mom. And that's 95% of the time just wants to take a nap because I'm so tired from everything. So that sort of made me really check myself in life and go, what am I
1: doing? Was it like a, a recall, how can I say that? A recall moment where you told yourself, oh my God, life is precious.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. No, we forget, yeah. we you say those words like, we say those words sometimes without even thinking about the meaning of it. Until mm-hmm. something hard hit you, and like uh, death of someone, or uh, uh, like uh, whatever, whatever experience you can have in your life, were really, really intense, make you come back to the basic and say, "Oh, I should enjoy a little bit more the natural and normal stuff." And yeah. The focus is not exactly where I, sh- I should I should put it. Put it like. Right. Do, you, do you think that it was? This has a direct connection with your work and how burn you were.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so I think, you know, I gave myself time because I was obviously in a hormonal, a mental, emotional mess for multiple months. So I, you know, I wasn't going to make any rash decisions. I shouldn't make any rash decisions other than what to buy at the grocery store. And that was still even sketchy at times. I would make sure that. Poor choices at the grocery store. So, you know, I gave myself that time. And, you know, once we went to NCAA's that year in March, you know, had finished, I think the second highest ever in team history. It was just such an enjoyable meet. And I remember thinking on the deck, oh, I could, I can keep doing this. I'm having fun again. Like, yeah, okay, I could do this. Uh, I'll, yeah, I think we can do this and I can make it work. Um, and then I remember around July, just, That year that summer on on campus when we had most of our team there and training and the summer started out great it was enjoyable and then once something about July hit and I just went. I I don't I don't know if I can do this, so I I just kept pushing through because that's what we do (laughs) we're coaches and we just push through and we ignore all the feelings. And, you know, there's multiple times in my career that I, you know, probably thousands that I went, I'm done. I can't do this. I can't wake up at 430 anymore. I'm done. I can't do this every morning. I think I said that. Uh, But then in the fall, the recruiting rules had changed that year in 2018, you could start bringing juniors, high school juniors onto Mm -hmm. campus. And so that that significantly doubled or tripled the amount of work there was. And so I gave everything I had that first week of September. I think it was that we could recruit the juniors and call them and talk to them. I I gave everything the way it should have been. And after that week, I went, I can't do this. I am done. So that that next Monday, our our head coach had gotten back from ASCA and I said, John, can I talk to you? I got to be done. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's horrible timing. But I, I'm just done, and you know, we just we I gotta I gotta do something else in life. I gotta be a mom.
1: So we don't want we don't want coaches to be us about your story. I feel like I really feel like what you are saying is, is truly honest and and you're gonna help a lot of people to to face the reality. It's very 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 important. And what and we are going to the end. And I want to ask you. So, I usually say I just have one question is going, going to have more <laughs> but, but what would be what would be the best uh, advice you could say or give to a coach who is who are going to what you went through and you today you are out of it some coaches don't want out yeah but what how would you how would you what would you address to them like what would you say for them to be able to go and to Work as hard as they want to work. Thank you
0: Yeah, probably everything that somebody tried to tell me and I didn't listen to. <laughs> probably all of those things. <laughs> uh, but no, in all honesty, I think that and this is so unrealistic. And when you're in you're in that world, you can't see outside of your bubble. Like I don't, I don't have time. go take care of myself all you people talk about is self-care for coaches well when am i supposed to do that right i remember that conversation coming up well i would talk to an administrator and they would say how are you doing like i'm fried i'm i'm just so tired like you got to take some time for yourself when (laughs) when do you want me to take time for myself you cannot see that you can't you, you cannot see that in your day but the reality is you really that's the only longevity piece is if you find a way to balance somehow and there's times in the in the career where it is going to be completely unbalanced but that means that on the other side of things, there has to be some time where it is balanced or almost the opposite direction. I felt like my life was probably most balanced when I was uh, honestly probably a head coach because we had with where the university I was, we didn't have a summer program for one year. And then the, the next year I started a summer program, but we had a really great partnership with a local swim club. So the kids would swim with them in the morning. They'd come over and swim with us at night. So I was coaching once a day got to recruit from home. You know, I kind of just did whatever I wanted through the day. I mean we had that uber balance, like so little things going on in the summer. During the season, it was crazy. But you knew once conference or NCAAs were done, we got we got a break. And Mm -hmm. that that was fine. But that's that's honestly the best advice I never listened to or couldn't figure out how to put it in my life was somehow you got to walk away from that deck and let other people handle it for two weeks, for three weeks, for one week, for every, every, you know, Wednesday morning, you're not on deck, whatever that is. That's how you got it. I,
1: I did it. play something for the coaches that I read some, some in some news, maybe a long, long time ago. I always kept that in mind because I thought it was a great idea. Now that I'm back in the head coach again, um, I wanted to offer that to everyone, my staff. So I would say that every full contract coach, in charge of a group or uh, working full hours with another group, I'm trying to give uh, them the opportunity to have every excuse me, every eight weeks because there is eight coach like this eight weeks. I'm going to give them Thursday off. Thursday when they are done Thursday, they're off Friday and Saturday and come back Monday. Yeah. So gi- giving them three days. Yeah. And give offer the opportunity for the other coaches to coach the group higher or touch different base with different athletes as well. It give you the opportunity, let's say, for the junior coach to take talk to the elite athletes and get in touch with them, try to get to know uh, them and uh, take more responsibility. But at the same time, you as a coach, you get to have you uh, you have uh, a Friday with your family. You can take a three days off, you can take a travel a travel trip with your boyfriend or girlfriend if you if you need to because uh, you know what it is. We finish Saturday the morning coach coaching, you're done at ten, you have to be there at six in the morning on Monday. You don't have more than twenty-four hours free there, I don't think so. So this is and we didn't start yet, we start I think next week or in two weeks. I'm looking forward to see how they're going to react, but I'm very excited about that because I'm thinking I think that the Especially with what we went through, if they are not able to take responsibility for uh, their uh, situation, their life or whatever, I'm going to try to do everything I can for them to to be uh, good for the club as well because yeah. I'm not stupid, I want them to coach really yeah. really like you, I want to achieve good, uh, good amazing result and I think that it's uh, I think it's a good idea and you're going to help them a lot. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? Idea? I think
0: it's awesome. I think you have to force people to do it. And you, the thing you can't control is that you can't force them not to feel bad or guilty or think about swimming, mm-hmm. right? You ha- they have to emotionally and mentally get away as well. I went to, I remember I went to ASCA. I don't remember what year this was. This might've been like 2011 or 12. I don't remember what year it was, but Greg Troy, Caleb's coach was actually talking. Um, you know, Caleb was probably like five at the time and somebody asked Greg a really good question. And they said, Greg, what would you do different in your career? Like looking back, what would you do different? And I don't know. If, I don't even know if he would remember this, that he said this, maybe he you know, had too many cocktails the night before and couldn't remember what, you know, he even said, but he, uh, he said, I would, I'd take, you know, every Saturday morning off and spend it with my family, not, Hey, I would have trained the team more. I would have you know, thought about this for this athlete more. It was a pretty open question. And that's what he said. So I thought that was I, that always stuck with me. And that was pretty powerful. You know, even him, one of the most accomplished coaches in, in this world, said I, I would have taken Saturdays off and spend with my family and let the assistants run the team. They You can do don't it.
1: want to feel the guilt of being not being on deck. You 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 are yeah. you are allowed to take a break. And some sometimes, sometimes they miss And I swear, some of them don't feel it. Don't feel the guilt at all. No, oh, I no. So, they don't feel that. Well, at all. <laughs> so sometimes sometimes you should like uh, you should like uh, do it do it for yourself. So, Erica this is a promotional time now. I want you to take time to talk about <laughs> how all of this work. What is the cost of it? I have an athlete already who already contacted you, I think. Oh yeah,
0: I didn't. Through, see that. through,
1: through uh, email, I'm not going to name her name, but uh, or she did, or she or if she didn't, she will pretty soon because okay. uh, she was very curious about that and she tried so many things that didn't work for her that she's willing to try something more specific. So, and I will probably try to connect some of my elite athletes as well with you, but yes, it it's on them; they have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free to uh, get information, watch, watch uh, what we are doing now. And I hope that you will invite them to try. Uh, mm-hmm. I cannot push them or force them to, uh, to, uh, to do it. So let's say you are, you are, I'm a head coach of a team or you are parents and you want to help a, a, a bunch of swimmers to get better. How do you process? I contact you directly or you have different package how is the DNA uh, uh, test work? Like, what do I spit, or do I do have to do spit some, something speci- specific to do that? How long does it take? Uh, how many communication we have? How does it work? How does it work?
0: Yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot of questions, Greg. And one in one sentence. Good <laughs> thing you're not an English major because have a lot of questions. Though. <laughs> uh so, Yeah. So they contact me directly. Typically, uh, if it's, we'll just say if it's you as a parent, right? You, you're a parent, you have an athlete that wants to, you're you're interested and your athlete is interested. You know, I I always say the athlete has to be the driving force behind it. So if it's under anyone under 18, we always communicate with the parents as well, just safe sport rules. But The the athlete has to be the one that wants to take the initiative, that wants to make the change, right? The parents can't force it because by the time they're over 12, if the parent is forcing, it's not going to happen. Kid's not going to take it seriously. So this has to come as an initiative from from the athlete and go, Hey, mom and dad, I I think this would be pretty cool. I want to do this. Or they present it to their, their child. They go, yeah, that sounds awesome. I want to, I want to look into that. Right. So the, the athlete has to be into it. The parents can't force them. So how it works is the first thing we do is we get on zoom just like this and we talk. Okay. And I explain the process, explain how it works, what you're going to learn. And they have to like me and I have to like them right? And that's, it's kind of like recruiting in a way. You just, you know, we're not going to work well together if you don't like me. Okay. If you don't like what I have to say, or if you want me to tell you you're allergic to avocados, I can't do that. That's a blood test. Go see your, you know, allergist. I can't do that. So we, they have to understand the, the, the stuff they are going to learn and what the process looks like and be all in, in the whole process. That's huge. Okay. So Luckily, we've been very fortunate to have multiple and many, many clients that you know have that drive and, and that desire, which is so neat. So we start off, if we decide on Zoom that Greg, you and I like each other and we're we're gonna work okay together, that this is gonna work, then I send you a collection kit. Okay, and so you swab your cheek on the inside three times, different samples, and then you put it in an envelope, um, if you're outside the US you just send it back to me, if you're inside the US you just drop it in a mailbox and it goes to the lab in Vancouver, the lab is actually in Vancouver, so they process it, it takes about three weeks turnaround, and then out pops 37 different genes that were tested, and that's where the work begins. So once we get the report, it is HIPAA protected. So that means I don't get it. It's that the athlete gets it or their parent gets it. Okay, so they get it. If they're comfortable with it, they forward it to me through email. And then we sit down like this on Zoom for 90 minutes and go through it. What does this mean? What are you struggling with? That's our first conversation before we even go through the report. What are you struggling with? What can you get better at? What's in the family history we want to be preventative on, right? So there's a lot of stuff that comes out there, a lot of stuff that usually comes out. So then we know how to gear the conversation and gear the results to what they're trying to figure out. If they're not in a weight loss goal, we're not going to talk about weight loss. Okay. That's, that's not, that might just get breezed over. Okay. If that's a huge goal for them, we can see what kind of things are going to be beneficial for them when it comes to that. So that's a 90 minute conversation. That's pretty long that we go through the whole report and apply this to swimming, apply that to them specifically. It's not generic in any way. After that, we do a 20 minute supplement review. So we go through what supplements are you currently taking? Are they sports safe? Do they line up with your DNA? And is there anything we want to think about adding in Is there something missing here? And what brand would that be? I'm really familiar with Canadian brands now because of all of the Canadians I've worked with. So, you know, what can we get in Canada? What can we get in the US? What can we get in Hungary or Turkey or Germany, right? We look for that and what's going to be the best for you, okay? And come up with a plan of this is when we should take these during the day. You're wasting your money if you're taking vitamin D in the morning, okay? Take it at dinner. So we come up with that type of plan for them. So they know exactly what to do. Okay. Some people i say like, you know, some of my pros have a toolbox full of supplements that they take. They better be planning that out the right way. And then we go through that other people. They just might take one or two things that might be a vitamin. That's it. It's when should they take that? And what kind should it be after our supplement review? They get an action plan written by us. That's customized to them. They get about four to six weeks where they're making changes and they have access to message with us. So they get to ask us questions, a lot of times I get pictures of things from the grocery store, is this good for me, (laughs) What, what, what kind of things should they do between sessions of a meet, a lot of different conversations come up there. And then we finish everything with a follow up call. So we go through what has gone well, what's still a challenge, what have we felt, what haven't we felt. You know, what's coming up that we need to think about? Is there a meet coming up? Is the US Open coming up? You know, how do we take this knowledge and apply it to now going to a meet? What do we do different? Okay. So that's the whole entire process. And that's wow. how that works. Mm-hmm. So it's it's three basically different in-person conversations through Zoom. And then it's time and access to message with us through a private app that we use that they can message with and, us.
1: And, how, and what is the cost of it?
0: So if it's an individual, okay, that's not coming as a team or a group, it's four forty nine. Okay, Okay. We are going to go through a pricing change once the new year hits because we're actually starting to test another piece of a gene that's even going to give us new knowledge and more information, which is super cool and super interesting. Uh, so all the science nerds out there would be very interested in it. But it's really going to be helpful for athletes and fertility pieces. It's going to be really, really cool to see that. So we're going to go through a pricing structure change on that. But right now it's 449 and that includes everything. Okay. Shipping. Now, if we have to ship internationally, we do add a little bit onto that to get it internationally. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously it costs us more to ship it to Canada or across the, the ocean. So we have to add a little bit onto that. But in the US, it's 449. Uh internationally, we typically go at 529.
1: It's not that expensive to compare with what nutrition is charge you for one session or two or five. Uh, it's very uh, affordable, and you have a group yes. price. Group price.
0: We do, yeah, we do do group prices. So international. So if it's international, like I mentioned, I'll just say in the U.S. because I told you what the U.S. price is. In the U.S. is four forty nine. We start there with one to ten people. Once we get beyond that, we can start dropping the price, and actually, we'll compensate programs and DNA kits back to the team, so the coaches can do it. Wow. they want to give it to an assistant coach there you want to give it to that their is, spouse it's
1: very important to take care of the coaches as well yeah, we want, want to take care of, you of them. the boat to be as healthy as you can to yeah. do a better job
0: Right. And then, you know what your athletes are talking about on the pool deck, because there's, you know, they'll have their conversation with us. And then the next day, another one has a conversation. Going, Did you have that? I did, too. Did you know about that? Yeah, you know, so they're starting to you know communicate with each other. A, which is a
1: bigger emulation of that. And, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. So their bubble of people around them becomes more knowledgeable and more interested in what's going in their body. always, but even if it's 50% of the time, you know, they're, they're making a better choice or being more aware of what's in their body. Okay. So they're influenced by their bubble of people, which is helpful. So we can keep dropping the price. The more people we test, from a team as a group, whether that's parents, we open it to parents, coaches, siblings, athletes, anybody associated with that athlete. There's been teams where half of our group has been parents because they want to (laughs) know, like they're interested in knowing what it is. So, and then the more and more we compensate more uh, coaches programs back to the team. And so we we just want to make sure the coaches are being able to do it as well and be as healthy as they can because man, they need it too.
1: Some coaches, yes, they need it, big, they need it, a big,
0: they need a big time. So it is very affordable, and the reason behind it is because we're not doing blood draws. And we actually calculated it out. If you would go to get, on average, a blood draw on all those genes, it costs you around four thousand American dollars. Okay, okay. Just for the lab fees, mm-hmm. it's very mm-hmm. expensive. One gene in particular can cost you around twenty five hundred dollars a piece. Just, just one gene can cost can cost that much so it's very expensive but with the cheek swabs it's very effective it's very accurate it's you know the providers and doctors offices use cheek swabs to test uh what kind of antidepressant drugs are going to work best with your genetics that's how they use it as a cheek swab as well so it's it's a common practice that's used and it's it's affordable and it's a great way to do it
1: Thank you. you I really wanted you to share that with yourself because you know people are going to be curious. Instead of going to the website or whatever, going to offer them offer them that like now, you know. And uh, my last my last question. Okay. Okay. I promise I'm gonna to try to stop there. I'm <laughs> having fun, you know. I learned a lot. Good and,
0: conversation. And
1: we have good, good conversation. I feel like I could talk with you hour and hour about sports and if, I still have lots of questions in the back. But maybe we do another episode. I don't know. Here we, we
0: go. We'll do an episode on you know. Maybe I get permission to share some uh, pros genetics and what we changed in them let's or something. Go. Well, would that that be cool? could
1: be awesome. That could be awesome. So let's That'd do that. We will cool. we'll do another show like this. And and my last question for today would be for you if you have to give. Uh, um, nutrition advice with all your experience uh, to help some athletes, to for them to take a little bit more ownership and make the first step towards the DNA test uh, and the DNA nutrition program, what would it be?
0: So just in general, basic yeah, yeah. In general, Wow, that's yeah. These are, you should have gave me this question ahead of time. Now this is a tough one. <laughs> I, should, I didn't know there was going to be a hard question. The thing is,
1: we talk and, and our talk is feeding me with uh, questions. In my <laughs> oh.
0: Yeah, so that so the, the most important thing, and this is pretty general across the board, okay now it gets more specific on what to do based on your genetics but the most important thing and the easiest thing that an athlete can do is eat something within i call it the 30 minute magic window yeah okay so 30 minutes after your practice ends your window ends now i tell athletes this all the time it doesn't start When you are done showering, talking to your teammates, hanging out with your coach on deck, it starts the minute you leave the pool. Okay. Now you get 30 minutes to put food in your body for strictly recovery purposes. Okay. So you want something that's about equal carbs and equal protein. So 12 grams of carbs, 12 grams of protein. We want to steer away from these 40 grams of protein shakes, one gram of carb. Right. This is not recovery food. It?
1: It's
0: not, we need a balance. Now, if somebody's in a weight loss goal, if they have a high carb sensitivity, if they have a high fat sensitivity, if they have a dairy problem, there's obviously different specifics we're going to try to avoid in there. But in general, they can bring a peanut butter sandwich and have a banana easy recovery. I mean that's cheap or peanut butter and jelly, one piece of bread, fold it over, peanut butter and jelly. Guess what? You got carbs, you got fat, you got protein. Okay. We're winning. Now is that the most ideal thing? No, but it's pretty dang good actually and it's pretty cheap. So Tell all your swimmers, bring your peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You better be eating that on the way out of the pool on your ride home. Okay. And a lot of people will tell me, well, I go home and, you know, my mom makes dinner within 30 minutes. Like, there's no way from the minute you get out of the pool, you're eating dinner within 30 minutes, unless you across the street from the pool. There is no way. No, it's not happening. So take your bar, take your chocolate almond milk, whatever you got with you to the pool. Okay. And eat that or drink that on the way home.
1: No chips, no, no, um, I'm not going to say that, but <laughs> no Skittles, no, no candy, no, no, no candy, chips, you no know, uh, uh, fake, uh, fake fruits, Welsh or whatever, uh, like more of the real, natural, real stuff that you should put in your body. But
0: and no yeah, and that's, and that's ideal. And, you know, if it's somebody who doesn't have a dairy problem, it can be a cheese stick and an apple. Okay. Now, is that always realistic to be able to bring a cheese and an apple with you? No. So, you know, there's a brand called RX, and I know you guys have those in Canada, that you can get RX bars. That's about equal grams of protein and carbs. They're around 200 calories. They're processed, but they're minimally processed. Pretty decent ingredients, about the best you can get in a processed food item. They're a dollar a piece about. You can't get any easier or cheaper than that. Yeah,
1: that's, that's for sure. <laughs> right.
0: You can buy a box of them at Costco for like 10 bucks for 10 of them. It's pretty cost effective. And so mm-hmm. that's a great thing to bring to a meet. Or if you have to be in school all day and then go to practice, you can't keep a cheese stick in your backpack all day. So uh, you could, but you'd be probably going to the bathroom pretty quick. So you you know, an RX bar or something like that is fine too. Like, there's different ways and different times to use processed and fresh stuff.
1: But- yeah, merci beaucoup, merci merci beaucoup. Really, really. I said beaucoup. I
0: don't speak French. Uh,
1: but what merci beaucoup means you know, thank you so much. I'm okay. uh, I'm very happy that uh, we had that conversation. I, I I miss doing it as much as I used to, uh, but it's always a blast, you know, uh, enjoying this experience too. Meet different people having different conversation. And today was the first time for me that we talk about, we address that subject in my show. So I'm very, very happy and I'm very happy that I had the chance to know you and I'm looking forward to the next episode we're gonna to do together. Okay. And, we well, will, and you will lead it and bring the subject and let's go. Let's go. Okay, we'll
0: maybe go. we can bring some people on. We can bring some pros on. There oh we-
1: my God, you got gotcha. you, you 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 want to come in, huh? You want to come into my board? We are going to work together. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> You can, nice can
1: bring to some pros. To they can talk be. about it. Thank you very much, Erika. Thank you very much, Erika. This, this was episode 56. Don't forget to subscribe, to keep pushing the movement, like I used to say. Click on the like button. Uh, leave some comment here and there. Share it. It's available now on every um, audio podcast you can find. Uh, Google, Deezer, Spotify, iTunes, uh, and YouTube, of course. So thank you very much, Erika, once again. It was episode 56 of all the talk and i hope you will enjoy that one because i did and i'm looking to forward to share that one with you guys and a little bit more thank you so much erica have a good night thanks, a good greg. friday night and uh, looking forward to do some more stuff with you thank you very much awesome thanks
0: a lot greg appreciate Bye. it awesome